La Casa Lobo. More like La Casa Loco. But before we get into it, I want to thank you for checking out the podcast. I hope you can join us in conversation for our next film, due by May 21st, Thursday, the 1963 Japanese drama An Actor's Revenge, which will be available for four bones on Prime Video. Please send your thoughts to projectorfuel at gmail.com. We'll read your comments on the show, and maybe we can learn a little bit from each other. All right, let's get started. We have a very special guest today. You know her, you love her. It's Christina Lopez. Let's read introducer. The Christina Lopez here today to talk about La Casa Lobo. Christina, how are you doing? I'm great, Adam. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing okay. I'm very excited to have you here because, uh, you know, the diehard listeners of the show, the millions of them, know that uh, you've contributed in the past. So it's cool to finally get you here and get your perspective on things. Yes, yes, I am excited to be on here. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Thank you. And uh, thank you to everyone who uh, joined us watching La Casa Lobo, available to stream from the Frida Cinema. So we, one, got to watch a cool movie, and then, two, we got to support a great local art house theater. Uh, What did you think of this movie? I didn't realize how dark it was going to be. Like I understood it was going to be like, I guess kind of like a grim fairy tale. But as I did more research into the movie, I realized it was based on actual like event in history in Chilean history so it just even made it even more dark to me knowing that it was based on something in reality yet the whole movie was very surreal and it was just felt like a nightmare the whole time and it was, it was very crazy <laughs> this was it had you know heavy culty vibes yes the true story about like a cult also yes uh, so it was based on a colonia dignidad and basically talking about like German fanatics and so basically Maria the main girl in the film had escaped this German colony to seek refuge and she found refuge in the house where she found the two pigs so assimilation happens her loss of innocence and there's just a lot of different topics that are discussed in the movie Um, maybe not so much they're not so much spoon fed to you but they're very heavy symbolism and I definitely got some Lynch vibes Um, yeah it definitely got some early Lynch vibes from it and i think uh i like that it took that direction that sort of very dark fairy tale direction me too and i like the uh the idea that the story overall you could definitely see it coming from a cult because what happens is the wolf ends up becoming the good guy which is a very like indoctrinated idea right yes yes and i think that goes with the idea that this film was supposed to be a propaganda for the people who were being colonized they're making them watch this film to prove that like, oh, you know, we're actually good. We're not evil. Right. Which is like, they picked the weirdest medium to do it because it's so exactly. creepy. Before we get into like, you know, just the beauty of this movie, what did you think about uh, German accent Spanish? I really liked it. It wasn't as harsh as regular German is. So it was very nice to hear, <laughs> yeah. a little bit more pleasant to listen to, but it was, it was nice. And it was really cool how they transitioned all the languages and it was very smooth. I really enjoyed that actually. I'm, I'm sure there's a, a reason for, you know, the differences in the languages. If we studied why she was talking in one language, we would get that. Weirdly enough, this is my second time during the quarantine hearing Spanish in a German accent after watching um, Burden of Dreams, Werner Herzog, like directing everybody speaking Spanish. Oh. And I, th- I think I'm really into it. I like I like the way it sounds. It's got a good like crisp. You should learn it. Length. 
All right, let's talk about how this movie was done. Obviously, there's like a live action uh, honey thing at the beginning, which yes. kind of sets the stage for the, the whole uh, propaganda idea. Yeah. What did you think about the paper mache, the paintings on the walls? I thought it was beautiful, very gorgeous. I'm glad they didn't use any CGI. Like it just it was very immersive, very intriguing seeing like, like just like the paper mache and seeing just like everything intertwined together. Like you're not a product of your environment. Your environment doesn't have to be a product of you, but at the end, that's what happened. And I think they, by using stop motion, it just, they really got that point across. I, I feel like when you're watching the movements of these things and the way that they change, I don't know if it was a deliberate choice or if it's it necessary. Just with her emotions. Yeah, and I, I think it had to be a horror movie, right? I mean, oh, how, could yeah. you, how could you do paper mache like that and it's not a horror movie? It's exactly. Comedy, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, there's that scene at the beginning when uh, she's sitting and watching TV with the pigs and the way that everything moves. I mean, just throughout the film, they had like these ideas that they didn't want their characters to just pop into the the movie. They wanted like a rod to appear first and then the person to like branch off the rod which is yeah. unsettling very unsettling <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I, I loved that i love that they kept going back and forth with the painting on the wall or making giant heads out of nowhere i'm sure there's meaning too in the people having bigger heads than some of the others so i actually also looked into even more like within the like looked into the movie and the roots and like the history of it and mm -hmm. they're also saying that maria she was abused sexually by and the wolf is supposed to be a predator and this is also like her perspective of her trauma that, that she's going through do you did you get that feeling in the movie that, that was, i actually scary? did i felt like the wolf was very predatory and how he kept calling her little bird like i just mm -hmm made me feel a little uncomfortable so I was wondering if she had gone through you know like some sort of trauma you know I feel like this film also discusses the loss of children's innocence and you know so I just felt like something had to ha happen there aside from her being punished for letting pigs escape and yeah. the wolf is always there the wolf lives inside you yeah and he's always sort of larger than life like we never see yeah. a wolf body but we see the eyeball on the wall exactly things like that yeah. And there's like, there's some great, I mean, there's just so many clever uses of, of this medium. And one that I really like is when the wolf's sort of looking around and they only painted what he's looking at. So you see like, it's all painted black, except there's colors where the wolf's yeah. looking and it's like a circle that moves. I mean, how long did it take them to make this movie? It must have been I so think, aggravating. I don't know. From what I read, I believe I could be wrong. I think it was five years. I could Jeez. be wrong. Yeah, yeah definitely a while. <laughs> God. And and one one little touch that I really like too is that you could see, you know, when they put the tape in uh to like hold up someone's arm or something. Yeah. And I liked that. I think it worked. I don't think it took me out of it because I mean we already know that this is not like real. But I, I like that sort of touch because uh one, it's necessary, you know, they need to put it in there. But two, it's maybe there's something there with like being puppets, you know? Exactly. And I think it goes back to the idea of your being you being a product of your being to be able to free yourself from that even though it's very hard and sometimes and in that environment you obviously you feel restrained what did you what, what, what's the deal with the honey i was trying to figure that out too because i'm like okay well the honey when you when used you know you get the aryan race look you get the blonde hair you get mm -hmm. the blue eyes you get the pale skin so i'm like okay you know this obviously has to mean something about 
assimilation and you know the perfect race and like nazism and so yeah what did you think about the honey i was just trying to figure that out as well well i i couldn't tell like when we first see the honey it kind of resembles like a pill bottle i think you know yes and we, we only see it after after they burn themselves yes and uh at one well, point they it, had darker skin and then once they use the honey they have you know lighter pale skin blue eyes like blonde hair you know all of a sudden they're good they're perfect you know yeah Some, at first i was thinking like drugs or something but <laughs> I, don't, I don't i mean that could be it right a lot of cults the way they inter- indoctrinate people mm-hmm. they kind of mess with their mind a little bit um but going back to an earlier part when uh when she's first turning the pigs into people I love this, the idea of, all right, if we just give the pigs human hands, that's creepy enough. Like that's the perfect little creepy uh, initiation into the rest of the movie. And I, it was great because I hated seeing that. I didn't want to see pigs with hands. I didn't want to see that either, but I'm kind of glad that they ended up turning human because that's yeah. very unsettling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then the use of, you know, there's there's clever little things like the use of uh, uh, furniture in the way whenever something like would move on the wall, the furniture would get knocked around also, like when they, they're playing with the ball. Yeah, very immersive. So did you ever get to the point where, you know, I mean, this movie's short, it's like 73 minutes or so. Did you ever get to the point where you weren't impressed anymore? Like you were just going along with the movie that it wasn't a novelty anymore, the way they shot it? Pretty throughout the entire movie I felt very immersed I mean a bit towards the end I felt like um, some of the topics that were discussed um, kind of became a bit repetitive or redundant but I mean I just feel like it, they had to continue to talk about the message and the way it ended I just feel like it was very tragic and I, I don't know I can't picture them going about it a different way like it's, it's based on a historical event well I feel like they always they always figured out some clever new thing to show us which was cool <laughs> yeah but at the same time it was like uh, the reason that I wanted to do this movie with you specifically is, is Frida just posted the uh, uh, the little trailer of this movie and it was so stunning i was like immediately whoa i want to see what's going on here it's cool because it's a horror movie kind of when i got near the end when i got some parts where uh, like they're a happy family and they're eating together and there's a balloon and everything i was just on board with all of it i wasn't looking at everything like whoa what are they doing now but then when i realized that I suddenly got back into it, you know, and was like, oh, this is cool. Look at this. This is impressive what they're doing. I think the only thing that stresses me out about the movie is the scene when they, uh, when they're singing, because I know for them to have done stop motion lip syncing for a song must have been so tough to do. That must have been the hardest part, right? Because everything else, I think, you know, with the dialogue and everything, they, they, they had it written out, I'm sure, but they could always put it in after the fact. They can, you know, make it longer or shorter or whatever. But that part specifically, this is, it's a pretty simple story. And I like that there is like a certain historical uh, idea in the story. And that also, it's not just run of the mill, this happened and this happened. There's like, there's, there's metaphors in here. There's symbolism, like you said. Yeah, there's context. But, you know, at the end of the day, I like that it wasn't too heavy on the story because I feel like I, I, I probably vegged out at least a couple of times during this and just the wonder of what was going on, you know? Oh, yeah, no, same here. Like, I didn't know any of the stuff that I had researched prior to watching the film. I kind of just wanted to go in blind and just, you know, 
figure out the movie, make my own interpretation, and Barry Lynch, you know, you don't have to explain everything, but kind of ambiguous. And then I looked, I did my research, and you know, I just found it even more interesting. And a good length too, you know, it doesn't overstate welcome because mm-hmm. it is a little bit jarring. It's it's stop motion and the camera moves at the same time, and so it does feel a little a little bit choppy, you know, but not in a bad way. It's just it was a necessity for it to feel like that. There's little bits everywhere. I like when it gets got a little bit darker, like uh, when the kids on the toilet and then the cockroaches come. Yeah. And also like uh, before they get burnt, the can. I was watching the candle and I guess they used the candle in real time because the candle kept burning up, you know, over and over. Oh, wow. Which is yeah. so cool. I love that. I love the look of that, you know, because they could have lit it and then stopped it after they take a picture, you know. And maybe they still did and it just burned through the candle. I just liked any time they went into a new room. Because it seemed like there was always a difference, you know, whether it was the black tape disappearing and the colors appearing in the wall or uh, just people's heads coming in and out. Yeah, and I really liked all the parts where they would just blend into the wall and they would just be, like be immersed. And it's just, those are all my favorite parts. And especially too when um, the wolf will just take over the house and you see like the big eye on the wall and it's just like watching you, like your every move. It's just mm-hmm. very unsettling, like just knowing that that wolf is just everywhere. Like, you know, like you said, larger than life and feel like you can't escape him. Right. And it's cool that they made, because obviously, you know, to do this properly, they would need to make it in a house like this. But it's yes. cool that they made the house so important. You know, I mean, one, it's their it's their shelter, but the way that they're sort of formed into the walls, how they're part of the house. And then we get that story of the dog and the house, you know, that the house is this entity. It and is. It was a good, I mean, there, there's a solid and great fairy tale story in the middle of all this. But I feel like what I enjoyed so much about it was letting it wash over me, you know, and just hearing weird whispers and creepy pronunciations and then just the, all the visuals. And I mean, we, we I feel like we can go on with the little details but i think this movie this movie is so great because it so perfectly takes advantage of the medium it's quirky but it's not gimmicky it, it does oh, yeah. its thing and it does it so well and it's just really worth watching it was so cool to see yeah no i'm, I'm so glad i watched it and i really hope all of you guys who are listening can get a chance to watch it too check it out on the frida's website interesting watch <laughs> And might need to go watch something lighthearted now, but... Oh, yeah, yeah, because this is cool because it's it's a scary movie, but it's not like I'm going to, you know, worry about walking around at night, I guess, because nothing yeah. seemed real enough. Although oh, some, yeah. of the, some of the big heads were... Yeah, they were a little spooky. Well, Christina, before I let you go, uh, how have you been doing with the quarantine? It's so-so. It's like a roller coaster. Like, I'm just like, I have my highs and my lows, but not, not too bad. Trying to keep myself productive when I can and relax and just try to take it easy and take it day by day. I wonder when are the days that are going to come when we can go back to the Frida Cinema with all our friends. I know, I miss it so much and I miss our little Thursday film club crew. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. It, it seems like it seems like it might be a long time before. Yeah, like it's kind of sad that I got, I've gotten used to being bored, but it's like I don't want to get used to that. Is there any uh, movie recommendations you want to leave us with? Um, Let's see. Well, my favorite movie, as you know, is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. So definitely watch that if you haven't. Um, another one of my favorites is the Before Trilogy by Richard Linklater. So if you haven't checked out that trilogy, you should definitely do it. Both movies might hurt a bit, but they're really beautiful movies. They just get you straight in the feels, though. <laughs> you mean all four movies? 
all four movies. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're, you're a big romance head, huh? Yeah. So thank you so much for joining Christina. I thank you for having me, Adam. Love talking thank to you. Hopefully you come back on again sometime yeah, soon. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Wasn't that great? I certainly had a good time. I hope you did too. And I hope you can join us for our next good time by May 21st at noon for The Actor's Revenge. Thank you again so much, Christina, for coming on. I hope you can join us again soon sometime. I'll even let you pick the movie. Thank you also, the listener, for checking out the podcast. And thanks to At The Work Of Re on Instagram for the picture in our profile. It's a nice rainy day today. Stay safe, stay home, and I'll talk to you later.